You know, at the National Police Association, we spend a lot of time talking about crime in America. And uh, right here in Tucson, Arizona, where I live, we have a group of people who got together as citizens, as business owners, and decided to help their community and their law enforcement officers do something about crime. And I thought the, that all of you would really be interested in hearing this story. So Josh Jacobson, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Betsy. Thanks for having me and thanks for the opportunity. So you are one of four steering leaders um, that started the Tucson Crime Coalition. And um, you're not the only people in the country doing this, but I, as I have looked around, I feel like you guys are really doing it right. So uh, talk about what the coalition does, but first tell people how four guys were sitting around and decided to do something about the crime in your community. Yeah, well, you know, Betsy, it's really remarkable. So um, I'm I'm one of four steering leaders. Uh, I'm a local restaurant operator. Uh, Kevin Daly is a software engineer. Monica Carlson is in the heating and cooling business. And Oliver Swan is a, uh, a developer here in town. And really seven months ago, we were complete strangers. All of us were having conversations with county administration. Uh, Kevin Daly specifically was extremely concerned about the washes and all of the trash that, that's going into the washes and contaminating our drinking water. Wait, so, you got to tell uh, everyone else in America what a wash is. Oh, people don't know what a wash is. Okay. So um, here in Tucson, Arizona, in the Southwest, we have uh, riverbeds that run dry. And then when the monsoons come along, they it pushes massive amounts of water down the washes and anything that is in there, which could be uh, shopping carts, garbage, drug paraphernalia, people that gets washed down through and it eventually the water goes into our water table and that's that's where we get our a lot of our drinking water from. So having good, clean, uh, properly regulated washes are very important here in the Southwest. So Kevin was extremely concerned about that, uh, along with the fentanyl and the crime that we were experiencing. Me being a local restaurant operator, our businesses were um, being broken into. We were dealing with a lot of folks that uh, are doing um, open air drug use, urban camping on property. It was becoming a huge problem. So we got together with county administration, uh, which is Jan Lusher. She is our Pima County administrator. And we said to her, you know, Jan, what are we going to do about this huge fentanyl and crime crisis that we've got going on? She said, there's not a plan in place. There's nothing going on. So the four of us quickly got together. We hosted a town hall meeting in September of 2022, where roughly 300 people showed up to talk about their experiences with fentanyl and crime in our community. And we were hoping that all of the electeds that were in attendance, because basically all of our electeds between the city and the county were there, uh, virtually or in person. And we were hoping that they were going to get the message and get to work coming up with solutions. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So we quickly formed the Tucson Crime-Free Coalition. So how did you get elected officials 
to show up for a town hall. I mean, you're just four business owners who came to the county with a problem and right. the county said, yeah, we won't really have a plan for that. And just so people know, we're we're depending on where you are in the city of Tucson, you know, you're what, 40 to 60 miles from the border, um, you know, and uh, and we'll talk about border issues in a minute. But, you know, we have the fentanyl issues. We have some street gang issues. Um, right. We have, uh, you know, just your, your your, you know, random, you know, big city crime. We're a city of about a million people. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have a huge homeless problem because in the winter, when it's cold everywhere else, it's pretty nice here. So homelessness is a huge problem. We have a big veteran population. So Mm -hmm. we have, you know, quite a few homeless veterans as well. We have a big uh, Air Force base here and a big Army base about an hour to the south. So Tucson has all the big city problems that any other, you know, large urban area has. So um, again, I have to ask. How did you get all those elected officials and and administrators to show up for a town hall? Uh, A lot of them we just called and invited, honestly. And we told them what it what it was going to be. We we tried to prepare for prepare them for having a, a forum where people were going to have a couple of minutes and speak. And really what it what it turned into is um a session where a lot of folks vented their frustrations. And frankly, that hurt a lot of the elected's feelings. You know, there was a lot of a lot of very tough talk there. There was a lot of very upset people. But at the end of the day, what we walked away from was seeing that there was such a need there. And so since September, when we officially formed, we have grown our coalition to over 3,500 people. We are nonpartisan. We are a grassroots organization. We have no budget. So the four of us run this this coalition as volunteers. We do it just with our time and energy and being, frankly, relentless, just pushing and pushing and pushing to try to find solutions in regards to fentanyl and crime in our community. And one of the things that I'll just mention is, uh, uh, Betsy, we we give a lot of presentations in the community to build awareness as to what's going on. We had to learn about a very, very complex issue in a short period of time. And so our approach has been extremely holistic and hands-on. So we actually go out onto the street, we go into encampments. We know we've had to learn a lot about fentanyl. And um, you mentioned that we were going to talk about the border in a minute, but you know, Pima County is ground zero for fentanyl in the state of Arizona. We lead the state in fatal and non-fatal opioid overdoses. It is the number one killer of youth in our community. Last year, half of all the, the fentanyl in the country, 50% was seized in Arizona. Six out of 10 pills on the street now have a lethal dose for a first-time user. This is a huge problem for our community. Did any of the elected officials offer solutions initially um we so uh as far as solutions we have generated a lot of the solutions with the help of pima county administration being jan lusher and deputy administrator steve holmes i'm really glad you mentioned the bipartisan aspect because our two biggest supporters have been supervisor steve christie who is a republican and supervisor sharon bronson who is a democrat And both of them bring a lot to the table. They've been great sounding boards. 
They help continue our conversation on the Pima County uh, agenda for the Board of Supervisors. So they are there when it comes to solutions, but a lot of it has just been from us getting out into the community, going through what we call the systems of the system of entities as it relates to reduction of crime and, and fentanyl. So we look at it from the ground level and we look at how, how is law enforcement interacting here? What kind of inefficiencies or barriers might they have to doing their jobs? Well, once somebody might be arrested, what's it like in the jail for that individual? Once they're released from the jail, what kind of support and treatment options are there? What are the court systems like? And how do the electeds interact with all of this by setting policies that could be positive or negative to what we're trying to do? So at what point did you start to really engage with law enforcement? So early on, uh, previous to this project, I personally have been out on uh, several ride-alongs with law enforcement, as well as I've, I've been down to the border and worked with law enforcement down there. Um, Congressman Juan Siscomani, who is a, another supporter of the Tucson Crime Free Coalition, uh, I was actually able to accompany him down there. And uh, fun fact about him, he is the only elected and then uh, back then when we went to the border, the only candidate that has ever actually gone out into the field and worked operations on the border. So I personally had that that front hand, that front line experience, as well as the relationships with a lot of uh, the folks down in Cochise County, specifically Sheriff Daniels. So we have been engaging with with law enforcement for quite some time. And then that that opened up doors with the Tucson Police Department, the Sheriff's Department. And guess what? When you approach law enforcement and you you start talking to them about solutions and going out ride-alongs, they welcome you because they love it. They love it when citizens want to engage and want to be involved, and they need to see that. Did you find that the the street cops were uh, particularly well informed about issues like homelessness and fentanyl and things like that? So um, one thing I'll tell you, Betsy, is we actually, when we do presentations, we never say the word homelessness. And a big reason for that is, is because the folks that we're really concerned with, the folks that we're really focused on are people that are living on the street as a severe symptom to drug abuse, specifically fentanyl. So as far as the, the, um, the frontline officers, Absolutely. They they give us so much good information. We have open lines of communication. We talk with officers on a daily basis a lot of times uh, where we share information back and forth. They have told us about issues that, that they have, whether it be technological in their cars or with um, systems uh, far, as far as technology systems in the pretrial services, barriers in the booking department, on and on and on. All of these inefficiencies, because, you know, Betsy, you know better than anybody else, we're short on law enforcement across this country mm -hmm. and particularly short here in Tucson. And so we have to remove those inefficiencies and barriers so that our, our law enforcement can do their job the best that they can with the resources they have. So when you would go into these, um, you know, the tent cities and the encampments, I mean, would you talk to these individuals that- absolutely. And what kind of things did you learn? Like what, you know, give us a little bit of their perspective. Yeah, no, it's, it is fascinating. So 
Um, a lot of the camps, I'll be very direct, they're, they're fentanyl camps. That's what we call them. And so essentially when you walk through a fentanyl camp, there's paraphernalia everywhere. You can smell fentanyl in the air. You can see people doing fentanyl. They're not, you know, um, they're not hiding it because it's so commonplace. You know, we even see that on our streets when you're just driving down the street of Tucson, you'll see people on the side of the road at bus stops using fentanyl out in the open. But once we once we go into the encampment, the first thing that we do is we will break down the barrier with individuals and let them know that, hey, look, I might look like a cop, but I swear I'm not a cop, you know, and, and so we break down that barrier. We're not there to arrest you. We're, we're actually there just to have a conversation. The next thing we do is we always treat people with a lot of respect. We treat them the way that we would want to be treated, you know, to, to some degree, you're kind of in their home, you know, so we strike up a conversation with them. Some, some people uh, don't want to talk, but I'll tell you, the vast majority of people are very willing to talk to you and tell you their story. And so what we hear are very um, common, essentially the same story over and over and over again, but just different versions of it. You know, uh, people that have gotten hooked on drugs, it might've started with an injury, could it, you know, with Oxycontin and then heroin and now fentanyl, young people that just started doing fentanyl, people that we've talked to that they'll, they'll tell you, I don't even remember how I got here. I've just been here. We're encountering a lot of individuals that have been on the street for years and years and years. And that's extremely concerning to us because specifically here in the city of Tucson, Pima County, we spend tens of millions of dollars on treatment and outreach and nonprofits to go out and try to help these individuals. And right now, a lot of our, our nonprofits and treatment centers are only operating at 50 to 70% capacity. So there's places for people to come. The next thing they'll, they'll tell us is what their substance abuse is like. We're encountering individuals that are using uh, 10 to 20 pills a day easily of the fentanyl blues. That's the most common pill on the street, and it goes for less than $1 a pill. A lot of our TPD officers will tell us that they're seeing now people that are using 50 to 60 pills per day. We're seeing That's people that... Yeah, it's it is, and you know, uh, we're seeing that last year our pedestrian fatalities nearly doubled here in the city of Tucson as a direct result of fentanyl and methamphetamine being in people's systems. Officers are telling us that they're taking people to the hospital that have so much fentanyl in their body. Once they get to the hospital, the hospital cannot give them any more painkillers, so they have to deal with whatever pain and injuries they sustained from being hit and run over by a car. So a lot of these individuals, they'll just tell you everything that you want to know, um, and they're very open about it. That's, you know, and this is a thing we, and that's one of the issues that we have here in Southern Arizona is our pedestrian um, deaths and, and injuries. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's something that people don't understand that that really is a big result of the fentanyl problem. And fentanyl is, you know, it's coming, it comes through here, Pima County, Arizona, but then it goes everywhere. You know, there's that saying that every state is a border state now. And, right. uh, and that's really true. The fentanyl problem in this country um, is, uh, is beyond belief. Do you, um, you know, when you talk to treatment people and, and people like, um, like gospel rescue mission, we have a, we have a completely, um, 
you know, they don't take any government money um, shelter here in Pima County, Arizona, in Tucson. And uh, and they work really hard, but they're really strict, right? You can't keep doing fentanyl and stay in their in their facility and get the assistance that you need, right? Right. Yeah, they're they're a great program. Lisa Chastain over there has been a great partner for us. Uh, she's she's helped with some of the solutions that that we're trying to advocate for. And you're absolutely right. We are not. We are not fans of any type of housing that doesn't come with accountability. If you want housing, you need to be in treatment. You have to be clean. You have to be ready to turn your life around and, and uh, re-enter the community at some point. It is not humane to allow people to continue living in a substance abuse cycle that they're stuck in, whether it's in an encampment or in a an apartment or hotel that the city or county has converted into low barrier housing. That doesn't do anything except for very unfortunately destroy the community around whatever property it is. Well, and if you're a fentanyl addict, you are either going to die of an overdose, die in a homicide, uh, get run over, um, or just, you know, have a heart attack someday and, and be gone. I mean, this is, there is no getting out of it, right? until you're ready to make the change. And that's, you know, it is, it is substance abuse is, is um, it's just devastating because it is up to the individual to seek the cure, which is the will to get better. And so that's, that's one of the things that we advocate for here in uh, uh, the Tucson crime free coalition is that frankly, we have made a, a situation where people, and I hate to say this word because it's, it's not the right word to say, but uh, we have created a level level of comfort for people to live in the substance abuse cycle in Tucson. And that's a lack of enforcement. That is the abundance of fentanyl, the cheapness, all of that. So our goal is, is to disrupt that comfortability. And the reason I say it's the wrong word is because when you go into a fentanyl camp, it is nothing but comfortable. It is, it is just awful. No one would want to live that way intentionally, but they are so stuck. So we've got to disrupt that substance abuse cycle and uh, give them options and treatment opportunities to get themselves out. And when that fails, then we've got law enforcement, we've got the law, and we've got the Pima County Jail. But we've also got some, some other options that we're working on uh, that would be more proactive to help people out as well. So Josh is, you know, we have a couple of minutes. If uh, people from other communities around the country are watching this and they want to start their own crime-free coalition, what do you suggest? Well, number one, you can find us at TucsonCrimeFree.com. We are actually in the process of, of um, meeting other coalitions around the country. There's one in Santa Monica that we've been working with, the Santa Monica Coalition. We've been contacted by a, a coalition that is forming back in Minnesota. So we are here to, to start a network and to share with with all of the information that we have learned from being on the street. And we want to learn from other coalitions and what they've done because we have our problems here in Tucson. Other communities have problems that might be worse than ours or better, or they're in a better situation than us. But the goal is, is for the entire country to start uh, lifting above the fentanyl and crime crisis. And we're here to help out any way we can. 
And I think people need to really understand that you this is a this is an issue that you can't just foist on the shoulders of law enforcement and say, hey, you guys need to take care of it, right? In fact, in fact, the four of you, when you started this, you really found that out, didn't you? That it was gonna take more than just calling 911. Oh, absolutely. With the shortage of officers, that that just doesn't work. You know, you you have to realize that uh, unless there is something extremely dire, something life-threatening, you probably will not see an officer. But we tell people that it is really important to report all crimes that are occurring because we need good data. You know, we need we need that that ability. We we also need to make sure that our law enforcement has the staffing and resources that they need. Um, that is extremely important. We know that staffing is going to be a problem, so we have to make sure that we're efficient. And then when it comes to the support side, one of the things that I wanted to mention is that when people are coming out of P the the jail or or pretrial services, that is the most important time for us to be ready to offer support and treatment because that is when people are most receptive to it. And so law enforcement can help in that, but that's where the nonprofits, the electeds, and the court systems come into play as well. Well, Josh, you have given us so much to think about. Uh, I'm I'm so very grateful. Um, give us your social media sites. So TucsonCrimeFree.com, that is our website. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Tucson Crime Free Coalition. Um, but TucsonCrimeFree.com, that is where we have our, our once per week newsletter. And it's also historical, everything since we have started. Josh, I can't thank you enough for spending time with me today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at NationalPolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.